Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. We are back this week and for this one, uh, we're going to be uh, reaching out to someone from the IOPW because it wouldn't be a normal month and or, you know, period in time where I wasn't reaching out to someone from one of my favorite wrestling schools. And uh, as you guys know, I'm, I'm tight with most of the people from that school. But this time I'm going to be talking to someone who I've actually never even really had a conversation with. So uh, I'm excited for this one. It's Marcus Zeal. If you are not really aware of who he is, uh, he's he's catching a following here in upstate New York and central New York and, and parts of western New York. Uh, I I love the way the dude wrestles. He's he's really good, and uh, I think Mike Skyros put it best talking about him. He's just someone that not enough people are aware of, and the more exposure he gets the more people are definitely going to be keeping their eyes so look him up on youtube uh iwtv he's got a few matches for uh fcwa uh in his tag team with adam stone his power supply Uh, but again uh, i'm really excited for this one Uh, i'm really uh looking forward to shooting the shit with him for the first time so you guys know the deal give me a few seconds and we'll be back with marcus zeal all right everybody again we are back with marcus zeal uh, again, Marcus, thank you for taking out some time out of your night uh, to to talk with us and and talk about well you pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, no, I I really appreciate you having me. It's uh it's an honor and it's um it's pretty cool. It's been a long journey since I started training. Um, well, not that long, but but the fact that I get to do a podcast is um it's really cool for me. So I appreciate it. Is this your first one? Yeah, yeah, first one, uh, first one ever. Wow. Uh. I'm I'm honored to have you, man. Because, uh, well, I, you didn't know this, but I was talking to Mike before we started this, and uh, I even said it in the intro, and I agree with Mike a hundred percent on this. And I'm talking about Mike Skyros. If you guys didn't figure that out, <laughs> we both think that you are an amazing talent, and the biggest issue so far is just that there haven't been enough eyes on you yet, and once there are, it's it's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's uh that's completely not how I view myself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful to have people like Mike around me. I mean, he does everything to get all of, um, IOPW's guys booked. So whenever I have to say no to any of them, it's, I feel like I'm letting down a really good friend cause that's what it is. But, um, but I know that he's doing everything that he can to, to get more eyes on me and get more exposure. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's obviously, uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but that's one of the goals of mine is to, you know, be able to get to some different promotions where maybe I haven't been some new fans and put on some good matches. So that's the plan. All right, man, we will get to that, but we will start now with the question, uh, I'm sure you've been asked a million times in your life, almost to ad nauseum. So I'm sorry that I have to do it one more time. <laughs> but can you tell us how you got okay. into wrestling? Um. Yeah. So I was um, I was born in '92. So I started watching wrestling in like mid '98, just because my dad was into it. Um, my dad was big into the weightlifting scene, so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it, but... Was your dad a WBF um, fan? 
Yeah, yeah. He he grew up in Binghamton, New York, so he went to a lot of the shows at the, um, I think it's the Broome County Arena and wherever else they used to run. But yeah, he would go over there with his brothers, and um, you know, so I just started watching Raw with him in you know mid to late '98, I'd say. Um, I I I hate to cut you off, but I said WBF. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, it was Vince's oh, failed WWF. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, no. Uh, Vince's failed bodybuilding promotion. <laughs> I don't know if your dad oh, ever checked. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Did they, was that along the same lines of? Uh, uh, didn't you have a supplement brand too? I yeah, Ico Pro. It was right around the same time. Yeah, Ico yes. Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, WBF. No, <laughs> I was not uh, into that. I don't know if he was or not, but uh, I think that was before my time anyway. But, uh, no, I, I, okay, I have heard of that, but uh, I don't know if he was into it or not. That's a, that's a good question. I have to ask him. But, yeah, it definitely uh, – uh, so we now we know he was a WWF guy, not a WCW guy. That is good to know. Yes, yeah, that, that is absolutely true, 100%. But, uh, but yeah, so I just, I just, you know, on Monday nights I remember just, you know, laying on the couch with him, and that's what we put on. And from, you know, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, I think it was – Raw is war, and then from nine to ten, it was war zone. So that's where uh, that's usually where I had to go to bed. But that's kind of how I got introduced to wrestling, which is through my dad. That's cool, man, and I, I totally get that. My parents were huge wrestling fans, so that's how I was exposed. So I I, I definitely feel you there. There's a kinship there. <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to um, Chris Jericho's podcast a lot, and he had Adam Cole on. And Adam Cole had talked about the first moment that he can remember is in 98 when um, Kane and Stone Cold put Paul Bearer down the manhole. And I'm like, holy shit, that's so wild because that is literally my first memory of wrestling. That episode right there. Uh, For me, if I had to think, it is probably, and this is going to sound stupid and dumb for some reason, but... Uh, I started remembering, and I don't know how I can remember when I started, like a few weeks before Royal Rumble 92 because my, my mom and dad took me. So my first like wrestling memories are like those event centers that like Sean Mooney did. I put that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how they stick out, right? right. I, mean, I don't know what it was at that particular moment, but it just, it stands out to me. And I've always, you know, when people, people ever ask me that question, that's like my first memory. And then when Adam Cole said, it, I'm like, that is wicked funny you know if i were to ever meet him in passing or whatnot i would definitely mention that because i just i think that's such a cool uh such a cool coincidence that we have um between us so but yeah that's uh that was my first um my first memory of of wrestling and falling in love with it would now when you say falling in love with is would you say that's like one of the moments that that hooked you as a wrestling fan or is there any like specific matches or angles or moments like that where you knew, all right, I'm in. Um, no, I mean, I, I was, I was all in when I, when I was first exposed to it. I mean, if it's from there, you know, I would watch, um, raw or what my parents would allow me to watch. Cause at that time, you know, I was five or six years old. Um, and it was pretty raunchy, but, um, but no, I, I was hooked and, um, you know, I, I did watch quite a bit of WCW too, just cause it seemed like that was a little more of a family friendly show for um, a little while. So I watched, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I, um, 
I watched both of those. And no, I, I can't really remember a match that I really fell in love with. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is one of my passions in life. But, um, but no, I mean, just after that first episode that I'd watched from there, it was watching it on Mondays, you know, whether it's, it's Nitro or it's, you know, Thursdays, Thunder, um, or whether it's Monday Night Raw. Um, but I would go to, uh, I'm from Syracuse. So we used to have a video king which I don't think they're still around. I don't know if it was a chain or if it was just a one-off, but, um, but I just remember going there on Fridays and Saturdays, um, with my mom or my dad and just going to that aisle where it's just all WWF, you know, and that was, they had previous stuff, you know, from the early nineties and whatnot. So, and just finding one that I hadn't seen and glancing behind like the cover. And then if you saw the VHS behind it, you knew they had it, but if you didn't, if you didn't see the VHS, you knew they didn't have it. It's like, damn. But uh, but yeah, no, I I would watch anything I get my hands on as far as uh WCW or WWF back then. This now makes uh two weeks in a row on the podcast VHS has been mentioned, and that makes me happy. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> I I know what you're talking about because uh, there was one of the places I went to as a kid. He had a lot of like the old Coliseum videos from like the mid eighties yeah. to like the mid nineties. And to be able to, like, catch, like you said, some of those where a lot of those matches and shit, like, was recorded sometimes just exclusively for those tapes. So if you wanted right. to see some stuff you'd never seen before, like, that was your chance. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, um, it was, it was cool because I was just starting to get into wrestling and the early 90, early 90s, um, you know, VHSs that I pick out, that's more of what my dad knew before I'd gotten into it. So it did, it made it easier to bond, you know, over just wrestling in general. And he knew a lot more about what was going on than I did. And I just, you know, I remember watching the big guys, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Um, and they were before my time, but I fell in love with them as well. So, um, but in hindsight, I mean, I'm super grateful that I was exposed to wrestling during the Attitude Era because I, I'm number one, I'm a nostalgia buff. And, um, and number two, I just, I love everything about that era of wrestling. Was it the best? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's up for, you know, up for debate, but to me, that is, uh, you just, you can't top the bad as you dare. So, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> this comes up a lot on the podcast. So I'm sorry to everyone who's listening, but again, Marcus and I have never really had a full on conversation. So this moment is for us. So, just stick around. I am one of the ten people in the world who hates the Attitude Era. You know, I get it, but I don't get it. I've heard, you know, you're not unique in that matter, but I don't get it. I Let me explain it, in a sense. Um, <laughs> the undercard during that time, I, I am behind fully. There was a lot of great people on that roster. But at that point, I was over the storylines uh, I was over, I would say, the over-sexuality of things. And this is even when I'm just like an early teenager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's impressive, yeah. Uh, and this is the one I get heat for. I hated the main event scene. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to catch a lot of heat right now. I have never been a big fan of The Rock when it comes to in-ring stuff. Uh, just there was something about him that never really appealed to me. Uh, Austin, I could give or take. There's times where he did great stuff. There was other times where I wasn't necessarily into it. Uh, trips to me didn't really 
reach a point where I cared until the Attitude Era was waning out. Uh, Undertaker, you know, has always been consistent. I can't really <clears throat> bitch too much. It was just probably storylines necessarily, but I wasn't really interested in what they had, and I almost lost my fandom at that point. It was by I I get it. I I really do. It's it's funny you say that because um, you know, it's you know, it's almost like the okay, are you a Michael Jordan guy or are you a LeBron guy? It was you know, it was the same thing. Were you a rock guy or are you an, an Austin fan? And um, during that time, I I don't know if I was either. And in some sense, I relate just because I did like the undercard scene too. Um, I don't know why, but I loved X Pac growing up. I think it was just because of his uh, entrance, more or less. I just I thought it was super cool, and I loved the kick pad look back then. Um, I don't wear kick pads nowadays, but uh, um, but I loved that. Um, I loved Jericho once he came into, um, you know, he was just under that that um, that main card. But uh, but I loved Jericho. Obviously, like anybody else my age, I loved uh, Jeff Hardy. Um, All right, that's another I, one. So, I was never big on the Hardy Boys. Oh, okay, okay. All right, we can't relate anymore then. Well, it's I, how this? I gained a respect and an understanding later on. Like, now I can and tell you, you know, that they are great. They did a lot of innovative shit that without their presence, wrestling would probably be different today. But as dumb yeah. as this sounds, and this to me sounds like a very old man thing to say, I was just like, nah, man, they're trying to be a new Rockers, and I ain't feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Like, like in hindsight, I get it. If I were to start watching wrestling in the early '90s, I, by that point, I'd probably be the exact same way. So, but I don't I, know uh, why I was so bitter totally at like twelve. I was like, nah, <laughs> this ain't what I grew up on. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. I've got things in life that I'm like that with as well. So, I can, uh, I can understand your, uh, uh, your frustration with that. I'm with you on X Pac though, because again, I'm going to date myself here, and you probably, maybe you've seen Global now as you're an adult. I can see. ISIS telling you to watch some global stuff, but global used to oh, yeah. be on after I got out of like preschool or maybe it was kindergarten, but it was on ESPN. It was the last wrestling promotion ESPN had, and it was like the fall over of world class. And he wrestled there as the lightning kid. And this was right before he got pulled into raw. So I already knew who he was and I liked that he did crazy high flying shit and then, so when he wrestled yeah. Razor on Raw, I already knew who he was, which in retrospect be, might be my first indie Smark moment. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. You're like, yes, I know this guy. I was like, hey, he's like a lightning kid, but they're just calling him the kid. <laughs> so, so yeah, I was, I was a huge Sean Waltman fan. And, uh, I, yeah, he, he's another one who maybe doesn't get enough credit for all the shit that he did. No, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's just something about him. I liked him. Um, I really did. Plus I was, I was huge in a DX obviously, um, as a whole. Um, but out of DX, I mean, you know, whenever it was me and my buddies, um, doing our, you know, whatever you want to call it, backyard wrestling or basement style wrestling. Like I was always X-Pac always. So, uh, so I've got a lot of respect for him and, um, he seems like a cool guy now, you know, I, I follow him somewhat and, uh, he seems like he's, he's, uh, he's a pretty interesting guy and he's got tons of talent. So, um, 
it's, yeah. it's so definitely one of those you mean, grown like good feel stories to see because I mean there was a time where his life was kind of I don't want to say shambles, but you know you could tell he was having a hard time. So to to be in a more positive yeah. space is great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I know he's I don't know if he still does a podcast, but I would listen to that every once in a while, too. And um, but, yeah, he um, he holds a special place in my heart, you know, in my uh, in my childhood. So. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I get what you're saying, but attitude error is my shit. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I get it. And, and like I said, uh, there's some some wrestling that uh, eras that I say I love that other people just look at me like I'm an idiot. Like, uh. I love that, like, 02 to 04 Enochism New Japan that almost killed the company. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> you know, I would I would absolutely love to go back and watch that. I've never seen it. Um, again, during that time, I was WWF or, you know, when they transitioned over to WWE. But I would love to go back and watch that, so... If you have specific matches or moments, definitely send them my way. And I'd love I, to see I actually, the first one I think of is, I can't remember the exact date, but it's Takayama and Nagata beating the fuck out of each other. Uh, there was definitely still <laughs> some questionable moments during that time where even I was like, I don't know, like when they made Bob Sapp IWGP champion, I was like, I don't know <laughs> about this. But I think it's just because Anoki right. believed so much that pro wrestling was was strong and could handle anything that by mixing it with MMA he was trying to like cuz that's what he was trying to do is essentially make new japan in the MMA hybrid type thing which he wound up doing with IGF later but it just right. it wasn't catching on and it wasn't helping and it didn't help that he would send New Japan guys to go fight in Pride, and they would just get the shit kicked out of them. Except for uh, Kazuyuki yeah. Fujita. Fujita handled himself well. I mean, we all, everybody's seen Takayama's fight with Don Fry. Yep. But a lot of people... So, oh, sorry, what, man. What'd you say? I, IGF or IG... What is it? Oh, you, the IGF was Enoki's uh, uh, so, past... That was the Enoki Genome was, Federation? So, so was that like the um, so ISIS has talked about this before? Is that the um, was that like the pseudo shoot type um, or pseudo shoot type promotion? Um, that was his. Uh, ISIS might be maybe talking UWFI. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what he's talking about. Okay, which again, dude, watch watch yes. as much whatever ISIS tells you about UWFI, watch. <laughs> Actually, here's my advice on that quick. And Isis might agree, he might not. Watch the trilogy with Takata and Vader. Because it's just great shit. Alright, I'm going to write that down right now. I'm going to check that out. Uh, Vader. Cool, I appreciate that. As wrestling has changed since you know you were a kid to even now, what would you say it is about wrestling that keeps you a fan? Um, man, what keeps me a fan? I, I mean, my view of wrestling since I began training has definitely changed. Um, you know, I, I definitely watch it differently, which I guess is understandable. I'm, I'm not so much watching it specifically for entertainment. I'm watching it more of, of um, more of that I'm studying it. 
Well, that makes sense because um, ISIS gives you homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely does. He uh, he said he's had us watch you know a bunch of stuff that I would never ever even you know choose to watch or want to watch. Um, but when I do watch it, it's super beneficial. And there's a lot of things from what he picks that you can incorporate into today's um, wrestling scene. And it's it's not crazy complicated, and it's not um, it's not crazy hard. But it would definitely um, get people excited. It would definitely be something new. So I um, I, I love his view on wrestling as a as a whole because you know there, there's so much that um that can be brought into wrestling you know old things that can be incorporated into today's day and age um so the more that he gets exposed to that the uh the more i love just picking and choosing what i like what i can do you know what i would uh what i feel comfortable doing and, and with, uh oh sorry man <laughs> It's all good. I was going to say, and with ISIS, I feel like you never know what you're going to get when he asks you to watch something. He'll be like, all right, here you go. Here's some uh, Crush Girls match from late 80s, All Japan Women's. Watch that. And then next week, he's like, all right, watch this Buddy Rose and Kurt Hennig match from Portland. <laughs> just feel like it's... Still- right, yeah. No. <laughs> no, 100%. And I'm like, I'm, I'm watching these matches. I'm like, goddamn, I mean, it... It, it sucks because if, if you were to show those matches to somebody that's just a fan nowadays, they probably wouldn't understand it or wouldn't um, they wouldn't appreciate it or think that it's entertaining enough. But um, I definitely have a much deeper appreciation for the older style wrestling or, you know, the strong style or, or, or British style. Um, so I guess to answer your question, why have I stayed a fan or how have I stayed a fan? It's uh it's it's really just getting exposed to um, things that are outside of the norm, um, and being able to appreciate them. If that makes sense, it does. Because um, you know, if, if I were to never start training or never start uh, working, I I'd probably just watch what's on TV, and you know that that would be what I'd know and what I'd watch, but. Um, and it's funny now. I I really don't watch anything on TV, and if I'm going to watch anything, it's either a pay per view or I follow stuff on Instagram. But uh, but if I'm going to watch wrestling, it's I you know I, I go to YouTube or I go to wherever may have it, and I, I watch it that way. So it's uh my whole view is kind of flipped, which sucks in a way. But uh, yeah, because it doesn't really flip I, back. <laughs> no, it, it it really doesn't, and um. You know, once you start working and once you start understanding some things, you, uh, you you do look at everything differently. You you know what you like, but you know there's a lot of things that you definitely do not like. And ISIS and Springgate expose you to those things. Not purposefully, but you just know in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, that to me doesn't make sense or that doesn't look safe or whatever it may be. You know, and I'm not shitting on anybody in particular, but it's uh, I have a much deeper appreciation for very very good workers in 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 wrestling today and from yesteryear so yeah and, and i totally get what you were saying earlier about you know sh- showing like a casual fan like an older match and uh my best friend we grew up watching wrestling together and he has this thing where if it's before like 1990 he will not watch a match 
and sorry, Chris, to throw you under the bus like this, but there was times I'd be like, dude, I, I saw this match from like the 50s. And he's like, I'm not watching a match where a body slam is a high spot. I'm not doing it. And I'm like, you're missing out. <laughs> it's, it's an acquired taste. It's it's not for everybody. It's uh, it's like Chappelle show or something. Not everybody gets the humor, but if you get it, you get it. I mean, I could watch Luthez fucking stretch people all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, trust me, if you asked me five years ago, there's no way. But today I watched Ted all day. <laughs> All right, man. At what point were you like, okay, I think I want to do this? Yeah. So, um, so just fast forwarding, um, you know, Attitude Era. I once I entered high school. So this was oh around oh seven oh eight. Um, I kind of fell in, out of love with wrestling. Um, not too many of my friends were into wrestling anymore. It wasn't the quote-unquote cool thing to do. Um, so I didn't have anybody to relate with, really. Um, that continued on until I got to college in 2011, 2012-ish, when I just I did a deep dive into, again, I, I love nostalgia. I love stuff from the 90s. Um, I did a deep dive and just rewatched pretty much the whole timeline of uh, Kane and the Undertaker, that whole storyline. I, I love everything about it. Um and that kind of, uh, I guess, was my springboard into watching the current stuff. So, you know, 2013, 14, 15. And then it eventually led up to my dad and I, um, when I was definitely more of a fan, we went on the first Chris Jericho cruise. And Oh, that's um, awesome. I was super excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> now I look back and I like cringe. I'm like, oh, damn, I was such a mark. But um <laughs> But, it's okay know, now. Uh, it's okay to be a mark now. Whether people want to say it or not, uh, ISIS might not agree with that. But to <laughs> but to a degree, I feel because like I was saying, I think it was when I was talking to Brad or or Abs last week. It might have been Abs. One of my biggest issues is that I still kind of at times have that mindset of, well, I can't be a mark, and I've missed opportunities to take, you know, pictures with a lot of people. And actually, I yep. might have been talking to Tiffany. Uh, off to the side about this because uh, she was asking me about something about like if I had pictures with wrestlers and I was like it's just still for some reason dumbly ingrained to me that well I can't take a picture with him I'll be a mark it, I know it, it, it really sucks and there's a lot of guys that um, you know I, w- I would love to just have that for myself not for anybody else but just be like hey you know I I grew up watching this guy or I have a ton of respect for this guy and, you know, just to have a picture with him. I, th- I think that'd be really cool, but it's, uh, it's, a <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough balance between, um, you know, Mark and, uh, and, uh, and being workers. So, <laughs> but, um, but people keep bringing up <laughs> things like, and it's, I think it's from wrestlers who have lost friends, uh, you know, in life and, and, they, they t- now it's in retrospect, there's a lot of older workers even telling you, take the pictures because you don't know when someone might leave you unexpectedly and you're, you're really going to want that moment captured. And that's what's made me yeah. start deciding, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with taking a picture with your friends. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. So yeah, I was, uh, in, in retrospect that, uh, that Chris Jericho cruise, that was, you know, awesome. I got to take a lot of good pictures um, but yeah, so to answer your, um, to answer your question. So 
we went to that. I can't remember if it was like three or four days or whatnot. And, um, you know, my dad, when we got back, he's like, Hey, you should, uh, you should try it out. And I knew about the school at, uh, at great Northern mall in Syracuse, IOPW. And, um, you know, that was my first time where I'm like, okay, wow, that's, uh, you know, maybe I could try it out. I'll go to a class. I'll go to, you know, I'll do a month. I'll do a year. Who knows how it'll turn out. But, uh, but he was like, you should just try it out. And I was able to pick the brains of some of the wrestlers on the cruise and just, you know, their, their philosophy or their thought as far as getting into the business. And again, I might've been a little bit of a fan or, you know, but conversations, conversations would have been different nowadays, but, um, but a lot of them had really, um, encouraging things to say. So, um, yeah. So I, um, I contacted the school, I contacted Springgate and, uh, went to the first class and it was super hard. Um, just even taking that first step, it was, you know, I, at that time I, I was 25 and, um, you know, so I joined a little bit later, but it was an extremely humbling moment because I knew absolutely nothing about, um, actually working or the ins and outs of wrestling. I had just been a fan. So after I got the first class down, I was just super happy and, uh, and then just kind of went from there. So that's, uh, that's kind of how, kind of how I decided to get into it was just some encouragement from, uh, from my dad and from that. Jericho Cruz and just talking to some of the guys. Uh, I love that story because, uh, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people, a lot people in my personal life know this. I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast knows this per- particular, but uh, my dad was super influential as well in my chase of being a wrestler. And uh, I lost my dad uh, a while, long time ago at this point to, to cancer. But just to kind of hear that your dad was really supportive, probably still is in, in you doing this. Uh, it, it makes me think of all the, the moments where my dad was, was really pushing me. So I'm, I'm super happy to hear that. Tell your dad, thank you for, for telling you to try yeah. this out. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a special bond, you know, as I'm sure you can relate to. And once he, of course, it was always in the back of my mind, you know, I growing up, I never wanted to be a pro baseball player, pro hockey player. Um, it was always, it was always per wrestler, you know? And, uh, so for him to say, you know, you should try this out. I was like, shit, you know, I guess I'll do it then. You know, what's the worst that could happen? I go there and I suck or I, well, I did suck, but, um, (laughs) suck so much you can't come back. (laughs) Exactly. I get kicked out or I just, I'm too embarrassed to come back or whatnot. So the fact that he was like, he was behind it. And, um, and then my, uh, Kelly, my now wife, she was, um, she was all for it too. And, you know, that's always a, um, <laughs> that's always a risk you take when you're, when you're, uh, dating or you're in a relationship and you, you got to tell somebody like, Hey, you know, just so you know, I like wrestling, <laughs> you know, cause I can be like, you're super weird or like they get it. But, uh, I was, um, I was blessed enough that she was like, you know, I think you should try it out as well. So, um, you know, so I had my family support and I, I went for it and, um, and yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a work in progress and I just, it's, it's been a humbling experience. I, I played baseball and hockey up through, um, high school and then I played baseball in college and I was going to play a play pro and backed out and 
became a pro wrestler. So everything came full circle. Wait, play pro in baseball or hockey? Uh, pro baseball. So independent baseball. I was going to play down in um in the south. So either in New Mexico or in uh in Texas. Wow. That's crazy. Yep, so that was uh, that was another t- tough conversation. Was um, <laughs> telling my dad that I didn't want to do that because by the end of college, I was just burnt out, and um, you know, I was catching four games a weekend, and I was ready to move on. Took some time off, you know, did what I like to do: golf and hang out, and whatnot. And then pro wrestling came around, and it was uh, it was exactly what I needed. So I'm thankful everything happened the way that it did. Yeah, but sometimes just things show up or things happen at the right moment to, to put you on the path you should have been on. Because no one's saying yeah. that you, obviously, you were not a shitty baseball player by any means. But sometimes it's just not what you were meant to do, even though you were very good at it. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like I said, if you were asked me um, as a 10-year-old kid, you know, do you want to play pro baseball or do you want to play or be a pro wrestler? That That's... That wouldn't even be a question. Professor all day. So I'm uh I'm super happy with how everything worked out and uh it's really cool for me and it's it's awesome to have my dad go to these matches and um you know, just knowing the history that we had, um, as far as getting into wrestling, being a fan, and um and now just being able to uh just put on the best matches that I can. That's awesome, man. I really love that. I'm I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Now, when it comes to training, you are, are going to a I would say one of the tougher schools around. <laughs> How would you explain uh, yeah. your training with, you know, ISIS and Springgate and to a degree Skyros, even though he doesn't like to consider himself involved in training? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, number one, I always consider uh, Mike and I always consider Jake um, or Mike Skyros and Jacoby Riddick. I always consider them trainers of mine as well. Um just because they've shown me so much and they've trained me. So by default, they have to be a trainer of mine. So, um, so I always group them in with, uh, with ISIS and Springgate, but, um, I'm sure it's been mentioned before Springgate is on Tuesdays. He runs a class and on Thursdays, ISIS runs a class. Um, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy. And I, I love that when we train with Springgate, if, um, you know, if you do something terrible or it sucks, he'll let you know about it. If you do it well, he typically doesn't say anything. And that's like the best compliment that you can get is uh, <laughs> nothing or, you know, all right, get out of the ring. It's like, all right, yes, all right, I, I must have done it all right, you know, because you didn't say anything. But uh, but they are all about um, getting fundamentals and basics down. And it's something that now I've appreciated or grown to appreciate um, just the basics of wrestling um basic psychology basic moves um basic bumping those are the things that make matches crisp and they make them enjoyable to watch so um the focus in class whether it is tuesdays with Springgate or thursdays with isis we do a lot of fundamental basic stuff over and over and over and over again um but there's a specific reason why we do that and uh but they do they bring different um different views of wrestling to each of the classes you know with uh with spring day we might do more selling or um 
you know, a little more of the performance or show. And then with ISIS, we do some more spots and um, technical wrestling. So you get a good you get a good mixture between Tuesdays and Thursdays of, uh, um, you know, of a, of a well-rounded training that I feel everybody needs to be successful um, in a wrestling ring. I would definitely 100% agree with that. Uh, I have had an open invite for a while to come to a Thursday class, and one day when I can maybe run ropes and not want to puke, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely come. You, you should definitely come. It's uh, That's the other thing, too, about classes. I mean, the the group that we have right now is it's it's just awesome. You know, everything that I've, you know, it's very little, but everything that I've been able to accomplish in wrestling, it's, I give all the credit in the world to the trainers and the people that, um, you know, are there with me that, uh, that train cause they're really supportive and, uh, and, uh, you know, they, they keep pushing you and they see the best in you. Even if, you know, you think you suck and you think that your match is terrible or whatnot, they'll pick out things that they like their critiques or whatnot. And, um, yeah. So, so if I weren't at this school, who knows what would have happened, but, uh, but I was lucky enough to have Springgate and ISIS as the head trainers and, and Mike and Jake as the kind of second in command. And then the, uh, the rest of the trainers or the, uh, I'm sorry, the rest of the, uh, those guys are all awesome. And, uh, I learned a lot from them. So it's, uh, it's really helped me out in the long run. Yeah. And I would definitely say they're very good listeners because my, in my talks with Mike about, you know, wanting to kind of come back, but, knowing I'm limited or just kind of pretty much just flat out telling him I need to learn. I need to leave. I would need to relearn how to work with a knee that doesn't work, which is the dumbest thing you could want to do. <laughs> Realistically. It's like, okay, I know this is trash. I know that this doesn't work like a normal person's, but how could I still work? I'm sure you do just fine. You know, especially with, uh, with the encouragement and, you know, just advice from ISIS Spring. They, they don't, they don't bullshit. They don't just tell you things you want to know. If you suck, you suck. If you do things well, you do things well. Um, but, you know, Mike, just cause I'm around him quite often, he's the consummate professional. He's, he's, uh, he's just an awesome person to have on your side in the, in wrestling and just in life in general, you know, he's one of those guys that you could call and for whatever you need and he would be there, you know, within minutes. So he's a, he's just an awesome guy all around. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to turn this into a, uh, we love Mike fest, but I, I can't agree more with you because <laughs> Mike has, and I've explained this to other people when I first started the podcast, Mike was one of the first people that reached out to me to be on. And I just thought, Oh, cool. Mike Skyros. And, uh, I don't know if I've directly told this to him, but I have said this in the stories explained to him. Uh, when I first just my first impression of Mike watching him wrestle and seeing him at shows was, I bet that guy's a douchebag. And <laughs> it couldn't yeah. be the farthest thing from the truth. And to go from just a guy that I interviewed once to one of my closer friends in wrestling and just a person that I can like wrestling aside, he's a friend. I never would have expected. Yep. That. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> no, I get it. It's uh I was a bit intimidated, you know, with just the way that he looked and whatnot. And, um, and then eventually I found out, I'm like, God damn, this guy is, uh, he is the nicest guy. He's the most supportive person. He's the most honest person. Um, 
So, yeah, I have nothing but uh, great things to say about Mike. And, you know, his future is as bright as he wants it to be. Um, you know, so so I'm uh, I'm lucky to be able to, to train with him, work with him and, uh, you know, just be friends about be friends with him outside of the ring. Amen, man. And one of the things that I feel like I really appreciate about your school is that. And I think Mike put it best this way. It's something you don't graduate from. There's there's no certificate. Yep. It's, you know, you're essentially kind of like a member for life. And they won't necessarily let you have a match until they think you're ready. And sometimes you're training Correct. for a long time. How long were you training before Isis and Springgate said, okay, you're ready? Yeah, so I started training in November of um, 2018. And I didn't have my first match until last, um, June. So June, 2021. So it had been almost three years before they felt confident enough for me to go out there and protect myself, protect who I'm working with, and then also just represent them well. Um, cause that's what it comes down to, you know, I, I'm sure they don't want somebody out there that's sloppy and, and whatnot. And, you know, where did that guy train? You know, he's, he trained at, uh, IOPW with ice and spring eight. Cause it doesn't make them look good. And, and I love that. I love the fact that they don't just say, yeah, you know, you've been to the class for a year, you've graduated and you're free to do what you want. It's, it's a constant work in progress. So, um, so it took me about three years before, um, before I was able to have my first match. Um, and I was lucky enough to have it with. ISIS actually at Excite Wrestling. Um, I just, I remember the class and we kind of all had just a heart to heart moment. And, you know, what do you want to get out of wrestling? What are your goals? Um, and my goal was really just, I want to have my first match. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm sure that was, uh, that's a lot of people's goal, but uh, others were a little more advanced than I was. And I, I really wanted to have that first match um, to know if, like I was decent at this, if I could hold my own, if it was something I loved. Um, and, uh, and I remember Ice is asking Mike and he said, Hey, do you think you could have, you know, a five to six minute match with Mark right now? And Mike's like, yeah, of course I could. So, um, this was in the winter of 2020 and then fast forward a couple months to February and Isis reached out to me and is like, Hey, um, you're booked in June on Excite with me. I'm like, oh shit, all right. Um, that's that's awesome, you know. So I got to work with Ice in my first match. And um, again, I mean, I'm sure he can make anybody look good, but the fact that he gave me that chance to, um, to finally have that match and put on a decent match with him, um, it, was, uh, it was a huge thing off my bucket list, so... Um, it took me a while for them to know I was ready, and I'm glad they did that because, um, you know, I would have hurt myself. I would have hurt somebody else. The match would have sucked, um, and it would have been put everybody in a bad spot. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, man, I totally get it, and I feel like that it's something that I give a lot of the IP, IOPW guys credit for because there's schools out there that'll, you know, okay, 12 weeks, here's a certificate. You're good to go. And for you guys to kind of just have the patience and the willingness to just be like, no, I'm going to sit tight here and just wait till the time is the time. And I feel like that takes a lot of 
mental resolve that a lot of people wouldn't have. Yeah, no, there, there were definitely times like there were stints where, um, it sucks, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't go for a couple weeks straight, a month straight. Cause it had been a long time and it's not that I was saying, okay, screw this. You know, it was, you know, I'm putting in so much time and effort and I don't know if I'm ever going to have that chance. And, you know, life happens outside of wrestling anyway. Um, but everything was worth it in the end to just, you know, put in that three years of training, eventually get to a point where I was able to get through a match. Um, but yeah, no, I, I fully agree. It's, uh, it's tough to train that long. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that think that time equates to results or quality and it's just not true. And I was, I'm definitely one of those people. It's not something that I just you know, grabbed onto. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm made for this. I, I wasn't, you know, I'll never claim to be that person. It, it took a lot of time and effort and, uh, other people supporting me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, to me, they, they do it the right way. Um, they, they really do. They, they won't let you out there unless, unless they are completely confident that you will, uh, you'll represent yourself in the school. Well, which I, I absolutely love. Yeah, man. Again, I can't say enough great things about those guys. And just the way that they do things and the love and the respect that they, they have for wrestling. Agreed. I'm, uh, I'm super lucky to have uh, been so close to, to that school. So that's what I went to by default. And it's, uh, it's just awesome. Everything, you know, everything really worked out. Now you spend plenty of time uh, working in a tag team with your partner, Adam Stone as power supply. What would you say for you is the biggest difference when you're working tag over singles and which one do you find more difficult? Um, so I would say that working singles is more difficult for me. Um, and the reason I say that is because I haven't been put in a heel situation as a singles competitor. Whereas in the tag situation with Adam, um, We've been able to work both face and heel. Um, and I really, really enjoy working heel. I like working face, but um, I have a lot more fun working heel. And that's not something that I've been able to do yet as a singles wrestler. Um, but, I mean, be, being a baby face, it is hard. It is super hard. But, I mean, the rewarding part is once you get people to cheer for you, it's like, wow. You know, it, it comes organically and you can't make people love you. You can make people hate you, but it's very, very, very hard for, to make people notice you and get behind you and whatnot. So it's, it, that, that it's, it's been very hard to be a, uh, a singles wrestler and, um, you know, do my best, especially having limited amount of exposure, having people like me in that, you know, eight, 10, 12, 14 minute match. Um, you know, whereas with the, uh, with the tag team, we're able to work, um, heel out at flower city which yeah. they stream on youtube which is uh i absolutely love what they do and i hope to wrestle on their upw shows um but uh but it's been fun to work um work heel as well so it's it's nice to kind of out um you know out west we work heel and out east we work um we work as a face team so it's when you're yeah, close yeah when you're close to me right you now. guys are faces when you're when you're out a few hours <laughs> away it's it's heel shit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> but I'm, 
I'm good doing anything. I'll, you know, I've, um, if, if I have a spot somewhere doing something, I'm, I'm all for it and, you know, I'll do it to the best of my ability. And, um, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, I'm, every time I'm in a match, it's after that match is over, it feels like, you know, playing baseball or playing hockey, you know, you hit home run that game, you hit, um, you know, you were three for four, you had a couple goals in hockey. It's, it's the exact same feeling that I get after, uh, after a wrestling match every time is, um, it's really important to me. So I'm happy to do anything that I can for, uh, for whatever promotion will have me. And I know this might sound weird, but, but stick with me here. Whenever I see Adam, all I think is white meat baby face. And (laughs) after watching your tag stuff, the only way I now believe Adam as a heel is working in the tag with you because otherwise I would not have seen it and now I can like kind of get I'm like okay now I can see where he's he's trying to you know have more of like I I wouldn't say a a brawler stereotype at all because but you can tell he's he's working more of that kind of style into what he already has and making that work for him yeah I mean he's already so good and it's uh that's one side that it surprised me as well I'm like I can't believe this guy can be so hateable or um, annoying. I don't know what the term is, but uh, but he has a knack for it. And, and uh, no, I, I I definitely agree. He's uh, to me he he does come off as a uh, white meat baby face, but when he works heel, I uh, I really enjoy his stuff, and it it it, uh, it makes me laugh. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's a funny guy. He like, can uh, he can do quite a few quite a few things. Uh, here's and here's how I put it, and this is kind of how I put it. Well, I put part of this to Mike earlier, but like if I had to list, you know, of the IPW students that I kind of group within the same, like, I wouldn't say class, but same, you know, like area. Uh, when yeah. I look at Adam, it's white meat baby face. Like he has that. Like I just, I get that from him. Uh, when it's <laughs> denim, it's just that natural type of like charisma or, or, or oozing yep. or, you know, oozing that kind of thing where you, you can tell it it's coming out of him. Corey kind of has the it thing where he, he can get people to gravitate towards him. Ting just does absolute crazy shit, which makes people, you know, keep their eye on him. And then when I yes. see you, and he said that you might get this when I say it, I get the most Japan vibes from you. And that's wow. that's the style of wrestling I love the most. So I'm gravitating towards. Holy shit! Look what Marcus can do. <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's definitely a compliment in my book. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out my style and you know figure out who the hell Marcus is, and that's. Uh, that's something that I plan on on growing and becoming more comfortable with as as time goes on. But I I do like that hard hitting style. I like the um I like the power moves. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I appreciate you saying that. That uh, <laughs> that's that's a uh, that's a cool compliment. <laughs> and I mean, Isis and Springgate aren't stupid at all, and they probably agree might. My, you know, I don't want to say would agree, might agree with the, one of the concepts that I've always <clears throat> thought makes sense is that a lot of early people early in their careers can use tag teams 
Because that that couple years, yeah. few years that you're going to spend in a tag team is going to teach you a shit ton about wrestling. It's going to teach you about timing. It's going to teach you about you know the ability to work with others, the ability to trust others. Just having having to there's just a lot of aspects of wrestling that you are going to grasp better if you're in a tag team early on. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent, especially spacing too. I mean, it's, uh, I might have these ideas or thoughts or whatnot, but when you have two guys in the ring or, you know, depending on the situation, um, you've got to know the spacing of the ring and, and you've got to think, um, sometimes harder about psychology to get four guys involved instead of just two guys in a singles match. Um, so, and, and that's the other thing that I love too about, um, that, that flower city does is their, their school shows because number one, we can watch them back. And number two, there are so many, awesome people there that give great feedback that you're just, you're constantly learning on the flies. Yeah. That's a great way to put it, man. It's taught me a lot. And, uh, and being able to work at him has, has taught me even more because he's been working longer than I have. Um, and I looked, you know, I, I look up to, to what he does in, in his work. So, um, it's, it's definitely beneficial in my growth as a wrestler. Amen, man. You put it great. Uh, now, I use a program that cuts us off after an hour, so I'm going to have to stop, and then we're going to start literally right back up. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. All right, man. Uh, now, you just kind of told us how that's going with Adam, but how would you say that you've been received within the wrestling community of upstate, central, and western New York? Um... I don't know. That's a tough question. It's uh, some crowds. It's been tough to get over with um, just working face. Like I said, that's a, that's a super hard thing to do. Um, it's a lot easier to work heel for me. Um, but it seems like as time has gone on, I'm getting more people, you know, whether it's fans or whatnot that like to interact with me, which is cool. Um, as far as, uh, as far as, you know, with the boys or I guess boys and girls to be politically correct. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I think I'm well received, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, again, I'm, I'm just there to, to play my part, do my job and, uh, um, you know, just put in the best body work that I can, um, whatever that may be. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a work in progress. It's, um, I'm constantly looking to, you know, any, any show or any match that I do, I'm, I'm constantly looking to impress at least one or two people in the show or in, in the audience that, uh, um, you know, that might come back and, and spend money to watch me elsewhere or follow me on Instagram or what, you know, whatever they want to do. And that's, that goes for the same in the, in the back too. You know, if I can wow somebody, um, or show that I have worth in a different promotion or in a different spot or whatnot. That's, uh, that's my goal. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's been tough, you know, I'm not a super outgoing person. I I think the first time that you and I talked, it was pretty brief. Um, so I'm definitely not somebody that's out there networking like crazy and I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that doesn't work to my advantage, but, uh, but I just, you know, it's, try to let my body of work speak for itself and that might be a slow burn, but it is what it is. And, uh, 
you know, it's um, it's a slow process. I but, think uh, the but, first time I ever saw you was oh, I'm trying to remember. I know it was an NYCW show. It might have been the uh, Hall of Fame show, maybe. It might have been that was the thing one of the first times, and then the second time I really noticed was I think the Clinton the show at the Clinton Arena. Oh yeah, yeah. With the uh, it was probably the triple or fiddle four way maybe. Yeah, and that was the first time I said, "Okay, who's Marcus and where is he from?" And that was when they said, "You know, oh, he's with the IOPW guys." And I said, "Okay, I'll have to say hi later." And I think we did have a brief, you know, "Hey, you did great out there," you know, type of conversation. Yeah, again, it's uh, <laughs> I'm I definitely know my role and know my uh, know my place in the wrestling world as far as um. Uh, the food chain goes, so I'm I'm not super uh, super outgoing. I just try to do what I you know can, and I've met a lot of super cool people and uh, and uh, become friends with a lot of them. But uh, but yeah, so it might it might be more of a slow burn, but it is what it is. I just uh, I just try to let my my work speak for itself, and hopefully people come around. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how I operate. I get it, and I'm I'm not trying to shit on my local wrestling community fans wise, but I know uh, <laughs> Immortal runs mostly around where I live, and yeah, sometimes I'm critical of of well, I guess the the surrounding counties, including mine's wrestling fan base, because sometimes I feel like if it's not what they see on TV or someone they haven't seen on TV before that they don't really pay attention. And I don't feel like, and right. I feel like because our area went so many years without really having any indies at all, they don't really know a lot of independent wrestlers or know like indie darlings or anything like that. They just kind of know who they've seen. So they base on whether or not they might come to a show as, okay, who's the guy that, you know, has been on TV, like whether they be in AEW now or an ex WWE or impact type person that that might determine whether they're going to show up or not instead of necessarily going and supporting the local talent where they need your support more. If they're ever going to get to that point to be on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that makes perfect sense. It's, um, (laughs) <laughs> that's the other double-edged sword too about watching these uh matches that isis prescribes because you know a lot of things you might incorporate from those matches they may not get over as well <laughs> with the fans nowadays because they're looking for high spot high spot high spot but um you know if they stick around and and they see something in you and they see the body of work you put in then hopefully eventually they'll uh they'll come around and um you know be a long time supporter of yours but uh but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 really tough. But like I said, I mean, if I have somebody that comes up to me and says they enjoyed the match or um, whatever it may be, you know, they post on Instagram or they post on uh, and Facebook, and these are very few and far between. But uh, I just I think that's super cool, and um, if I can if I can build these, um, you know, kind of a fan base or you know, a, a group of supporters organically, then. Just uh, I think that's the coolest thing in the world, and um, and uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I I see what you're saying, and 
And yeah, now in, in regards to Immortal, I've been super lucky that Vikings had me back a couple times. So it does get me in front of the same fans um, over and over again. So they can kind of understand, you know, who I am and how I work and what to expect. And um, hopefully be able to surprise them a little bit with whatever the the angle or the the match may be. But uh, but I absolutely loved working there at, uh, at Immortal and Adam and I just had a cool match. I was just about to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a cool match with uh, with Ataxia, and um, and Sandman was involved, which is uh, super cool for me right. as a uh, as a mark as a mark. There you go. But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. So so the fact that uh, that Mike King was able to put me in that spot and has even brought me back, you know, however many times I'm. I'm super happy. And anytime that he says, Hey, are you available? It's, uh, I'm just ecstatic. So, you know, anything that they need or whatever spot they need for me or have for me, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. And it, it gets me in front of the, the immortal fans, um, you know, more consistently. So I think yeah. it works for everybody. And uh, Mike runs a fantastic show. So I don't want, he if does. anybody was thinking, like sometimes I say how some of these fans, how some of the more, Mainstream wrestling fans, I guess the easy way to say it, are, are, are drawn to certain shows. That has nothing to do with the way that Mike runs his shows. Because anytime no, that I've been able to go to an Immortal show, I always have fun. I always love catching, you know, the the highlights that come up the next few days all on my feed. He runs things very well. The presentation is amazing. Like, he... You can tell he has his shit together when it comes to putting a show together. And I really appreciate that because, like I said, where I live in Fulton County, and you recently worked a show a couple months ago, I think, in St. Johnsville. If you had told me, like, five, six years ago, hey, man, they're going to be doing indie shows in St. Johnsville. I would have said, you're a fucking... No, <laughs> you're, you're, you're stupid. That will never fucking happen in my lifetime. And then... Mike made it happen. I'm like, holy shit, we have a fucking indie. Like, I would have never, yeah. you know, thought that would have happened. So all the props in the world. Yeah, no. yeah, no, you're right. I mean, if he ran that show just to appease the uh, the mainstream uh, fans or crowd base, then he would have never brought me on. So <laughs> it's it's cool that he did, and uh, and I'm super appreciative of it. Um, but he has the he has the perfect mixture of. Um, you know, well-known names as well as people that he think can work. Um, and just all in all, he puts together an extremely, uh, an extremely strong card. And the last one, the last show, I was, I was, that was the best card I've been on um, from top to bottom. It just seemed like every match and every person that was on that show was, uh, was just top notch. So and um, at, at the end of, yeah, of the I, tag match that you had with, uh, with a taxi, it, it, I mean, it sounded like you guys were over. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of, well, t- two things. A lot of that, you know, goes back to Sandman, obviously, because he was involved. And, uh, and number two, I, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a barroom brawl or hardcore match or street fight, whatever, however you want to say it. So that always works in your favor, too. Um, but, uh, hey, I'll take it, you know, whatever. Okay, I also have a side well, question. That the, if that was a time where people were... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay, because Rob Street Fight, and I, I've seen two matches with you and Adam when you're in Street Fights, and you have the knee pads over the <laughs> pants. 
which is so fucking old school and I love it. Did you guys come up with that on your own or was that a suggestion from someone at the school? Um, so, <laughs> no. We, yes, we did come up on it, with it on our own. Um, however, when we got there, I know uh, Mike was very pleased about it. Um, and I didn't quite understand why, but, uh, and that worked the first time at the NYCW show. So obviously we had to uh, run it back for the immortal show. So, cause it just, it um, gives me such like early mid eighties WWF vibes when they're working like street fights at MSG and they got the fucking, <laughs> the knee pads over the pants and the pants are tucked in the cowboy boots. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> Bringing me back. Yeah, I mean, I- I don't. I mean, I don't know. It just it, to me, it would just be weird uh, wearing knee pads underneath jeans or you know whatever I might be wearing. So we just actually, you know what? That, that, that you bring up a good point, and I think the reason why we ultimately did it was because we couldn't wear our gear, but we do have knee pad sleeves that are matching. So that was one way for us to say, okay, you know, we can wear the same knee pad sleeves. Um, we look like we're an alliance or a tag team still. It doesn't look like two guys just off the street. Um, so I think that's actually why we did it, which is so that we were matching in some sense. But still, I love that you get it because I feel like there's times where there's like street <laughs> fights and it's like they're in their normal gear. Which I feel like if it's a street fight, yeah. you should not be in your gear. You should be like whatever Dusty Rhodes was in a fucking bunkhouse or some shit. He's not wearing the trunks. <laughs> yeah. You know no, what I mean? 100%. It's uh, – <laughs> So much of wrestling is about presentation, and uh, and if you're in a street fight, I mean, you should be dressed for a street fight, so it does make sense. Which means if I ever do one, I'm going to be in short shorts, <laughs> so that I can have <laughs> the most availability for for being flexible. <laughs> yeah, 100% oh. like, uh, yes, yeah, Steve Richards or uh, Blue Meanie, something yes. like that with the cutoff jean short. Uh <laughs> Now, you, we kind of got into this in the beginning, but at this point now, what are some of your goals for the future? Just to, um, you know, just keep developing who I am as a character and as a wrestler. I hate saying character, but it, you know, for what that's worth. Um, you know, just who, who Marcus Seal is and uh, um, getting out to more promotions. Um, I definitely want to do more promos so I can show a different side of myself that hasn't really shown all that much yet. I mean, Flower City, we do do promos, but um, but I would like to do more as shows are coming up and matches are coming up. Um, just to develop, you know, just uh, just keep um, just keep progressing and keep evolving the best that I can. Um, and just being able to put on better matches for myself and better matches for the opponents. And um, I look good good everybody's happy the fans are happy um but yeah no the goal is just to take more risks with my character and uh and with who i am i've got more i want to incorporate i just have to find the right time to put them into matches i don't want to just have a spot fest and throw in a bunch of bullshit that doesn't make sense um i love you for that statement you know Oh yeah, I would. I would be shunned if uh, if I started working like that, and not. I would never want to work like that. Uh, um, you know, th- there are things that I want to do that I definitely will do, but it's it's got to be the right time and it's got to be the right match and the right um, the right spot. So, and you know, it'll Nick, come. But uh, oh sorry. 
No, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know Nick Sullivan, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. In the conversations Nick and I have had, we both made it very clear. Wrestling should not be about getting your shit in. <laughs> and nope. it, it has to be, to me, and this is, I think, why I've always appreciated more of Strong Style and stuff or King's Road is that you have to make me believe. I, I have to look at that and say... Okay, that's realistic. And I mean, as I was, when I was younger, it was easier to suspend belief. Now I'm trying to tell myself, because there was a point where I would watch stuff and just be miserable. And then I realized if I'm not enjoying what I'm watching, why am I watching it? I need to be able to find things I enjoy. So I can suspend belief for certain things because I also agree with certain people in the aspect of not every single match on the card has to be absolutely serious. But when you have people in there, like Nick, you it has to be a believable story in that ring. I can't just think of somebody going in there and hitting him with 15 high spots and that's the match. Like, that wouldn't make any fucking sense. No, no, not at all. He's uh, <laughs> he's an awesome worker. I, I would love to uh, work with um. No, but I I'm completely on the same on the same wavelength when it comes to um, just wrestling in general. I mean, you can watch back Adam or City and or heels. I don't know why we would do anything cool. Um, I think the coolest thing that I've done is uh, I think I you know, arrow, but that's not what it's about, and that's not what I'm there to do. I'm there to get um, you know I'm there to get the face team over and uh get their shine in and uh i'm a heel what i don't know why to do anything all that cool i'm a i'm a scumbag you know i'm a scoundrel you did a double ass handle and i marked for it (laughs) (laughs) that is one of my signature moves we had to we had to submit like signature moves to uh to flower city when we when we first started going there and i threw that in there just all that just uh yeah that's my shit double axe handle so it's it's devastating uh, you know the the moment where I I knew I loved you. <laughs> What's that? Uh, I uh, I can't remember. I've seen you doing a few matches, but you did uh, like an Emerald Flosion type thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. But you yeah, do yeah, it to yeah. like so, you, you do it to like the opposite side. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the it's like a seatbelt version. And uh, being naive and growing up just watching really you know WWF WWE WCW, I was thinking about a move that I wanted to do and you know, a power slam came pretty natural to me. It just felt good for whatever reason. Um, so I'm like, Oh shit, that'd be cool if I said power slam. So I tell ISIS about this. And of course he just like starts laughing. He's like, dude, that's the Emerald Flosion. Like it's, you're just doing it to the opposite side. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. So, um, so I'm sorry to let you down, but I did not, uh, I did not get it from, uh, you know, from the Emerald Flosion, but, uh, but I do it a little bit differently and, uh, yeah, it seems to work. So you only slightly let me down that you weren't like watching Masawa and just was like, there it is the moment. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. And I, and I go back and I, I watch, uh, I watch him do it and it, it looks so, so cool. Um, I, if I could uh, rewind, I'd probably do it just like how he does it. But, uh, but shit, I don't know. I think the only, <laughs> the only emerald flosion that I've seen done like that uh, uh, sucks, but 
John Cena did it one time. I don't know if it was pay-per-view or if it was Raw, but he did it the exact same way that I do it. And I think Ice Company's like, this is exactly what you're talking about, right? And I'm like, God damn, that's the one. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it's uh so i guess uh ultimate uh influence there was john cena and not Masao, which is really depressing but you've also hit some beautiful <laughs> blue thunder bombs so props to that yeah 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 i uh that's another move i love i mean you see it i'd like to do moves that you don't see often um, but, uh, but that's just something that, I mean, it, it, it looks believable. It is believable. Anybody can take it and nobody can say it's fake or it's a work. It's, you know, it can be a legitimate move. It's a legitimate slam. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I also do love move too. And, uh, yeah, do some things different. If you could work a ri- uh, wrist clutch exploder into a match, I'll love you forever. <laughs> wow. I will, uh. Next, uh, maybe the next Immortal show, I'll, I'll try to work that in. That'd be cool. All right, just just Google Exploder 98. If I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but anyone who doesn't, there you go. Google that shit and have your <laughs> mind blown. Yes, I'll uh, I'll do my best to work that in. Uh, all right, man. Uh, that, that is all I have for the wrestling-related questions, but there's one question I was told to ask you. Uh, when talking with Mike, and I had no idea about this, so I'm actually excited to ask you. Tell me about Ultra Wave. Oh shit! Um, yeah, so Ultra Wave is uh, it's my clothing brand um, that just kind of my brainchild that uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I rolled it out right right around the same time that I started wrestling, so. I was going to sell my um, my merch on Pro Wrestling Tees, obviously, just like everybody else. And, like, you know what? I have all these designs for for clothing, shirts, hats, shorts. Um, I might as well roll it up at the exact same time. Sell my wrestling stuff, then also sell uh, my Ultra Wave stuff, too. So, um, not one and the same. But, uh, yeah, it's um, the website is shop. And uh, it'll bring you there, and it's it's cool. I don't know. It's in, it's it's anything that I would want to wear. It, it really is it's inspired uh, vaporwave, um, synthwave, retro type style. Um, but uh, yeah, Mike is and uh, and it's gotten some recognition. So I appreciate him wearing that and uh, and supporting the cause. Are you cut out on my end when you were telling us the website. Can you just throw it out there one more time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's ultrawaveusa.shop. All right. Do you have fat guy sizes? Any size you want. If you want something custom, I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. It's, it's all good. All right. I will, I, what it is. I, I, I will check out prices <laughs> and see what my poor man budget has. <laughs> figure something it's, it, it's all good. If, if you see something you like... You know, and I'll I'll mail it to you. It's all good. It's uh, I just think it's cool. People wear my stuff, so you know, if I can make some money from it, awesome. But if uh, if you see something you like, feel free, and uh, I will shoot it your way. Yeah, because that's usually the first thing when Mike says he has a new T-shirt, and I haven't bought one in a while, so I feel bad. But I always have to ask him, "Do you have <laughs> the big size? Because you know I'm fat as shit, and I want to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it, I can get any size you want." 
And that's what he usually tells me. And I'm like, are you sure? Because people say that. And I'm like, I need a 4X. And they're like, well, I don't know if I can make that happen. <laughs> nah, I, I definitely can. You may not see it on the website. But like I said, I mean, it's if that's your size and you pick out something you want, just let me know. I'll have it made and uh, and I'll send it to you. All right, man. That is, that is awesome. Anyone listening, if you're fat like me, Marcus will hook you up. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, uh, now are you ready for the the random questions that have absolutely nothing to do with wrestling at all? Yeah, of course I have. Okay, uh, this one, everyone gets asked this. No one has ever been excluded. Uh, It it means a lot to me on a personal level. Grape or strawberry jelly? Uh, Strawberry, for sure. Uh, We are now not as cool as we were 10 seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) So it's, yeah, strawberry for sure. Um, however, I absolutely hate anything that's artificially strawberry flavored. I just, no matter hate. what it is, I, I hate it. Okay. I, oh, I hate strawberries. I hate strawberry flavored things, whether it's real or artificial, oh. unless it's Twizzlers. Some reason Twizzlers, I'm like, yeah, these are fucking great. Yeah, they are. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. No, for me, it's, uh, it's it's definitely strawberry when it comes to jelly. All right. Uh, have you ever had a Gordy Howe hat trick? Uh, no, I have not. So so did you not have the fight? <laughs> Wait, you cut out there for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. So, so did you never have the fight in the same game? <laughs> oh, oh. Are you, are you talking wrestling or hockey related? Hockey related. Oh, um, what? So, what exactly is the Gordy Howe hat trick? I believe a fight, a a fight, a goal, and a and an assist. A fight, a goal, and an assist. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um. No, I. I don't. I don't think I've ever uh, racked up all three of those in the same. Um. (laughs) In the same game, unfortunately. So that's a no. I feel like whenever anybody does that, to me, that's more impressive than than an actual hat trick. I'm like, man. You really fucking went all out today, buddy. <laughs> no, yeah, no, hundred percent respect anybody that's that's done it, but uh, no, 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 never done it, unfortunately. What do you think is the lamest mascot in sports? Um, huh. uh, I'd have to go with the Syracuse Orange. I mean, <laughs> you're. How do I put this? It's like you're not wrong. But you, but but I feel like it's it's, it's, it's terrible. It is, but but at the same time, it's like I mean, even out here, people love Cuse, so it's kind of like a, I don't know, man. <laughs> I so I went to uh, in college. I went to St. Lawrence University, and we were the St. Lawrence Saints, which to me always just sounded stupid. So I put that up there too. It just <laughs> it doesn't it it doesn't make sense to me. The St. Lawrence Saints. It's it's I don't know. It's he, almost redundant. I, man, you went and to, I, don't, I don't even know what our mascot is. You went to college up there, man. You were way up there. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Can't New York. It was, uh, it was a wild time up there. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what our mascot is. It was like a little crest with, uh, I don't know. It looked like a, something out of RuneScape, which I guess is cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that, that might be up there as well. So. Uh, uh, speaking of Syracuse and some knowledge Mike recently bestowed upon me, do you like salt potatoes? <laughs> uh, no, I don't actually. All right. 
people absolutely love them, but I'm, I, I grew that, or I, well, I didn't grow them. I, uh, I ate them a lot growing up, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them. I like reason. had no idea that was an out there thing until I was like, I think I was just scrolling through my feed and then it said it was a Syracuse Mets hat and I see a fucking potato on it and I send it to him and I go, can you explain <laughs> what the fuck this is? And then he explained to me, I'm like, dude, I just thought that other poor people like me ate salt potatoes. I didn't think it was like a fucking thing. <laughs> he was like, no, no. Yeah, somebody, was, somebody was just talking about that, actually, and I don't know who it was, but somebody was uh, baffled as well by that uh, by that fact. But, um, yeah, I guess it is a Syracuse thing, but uh, no, I don't enjoy eating them. Uh, would you rather be stranded in the ocean or stranded in the desert? Um, I would say, I would say desert for sure. Um, I, I absolutely suck at treading water. So if that's what you mean, just me out in the middle of the ocean, um, in water, I'm, I'm not surviving for more than five minutes. So that's not desert good. it is. Uh, I know you're, you're a rather fit fellow, but what is the one discontinued fast food item you would bring back? Um, I know it's not food, but I remember, uh, God damn, they used to sell these Rugrats watches or not sell them, but they used to give them to you either at Burger King or McDonald's. Um, and I would definitely bring those back because they were like, I think they were like four different colors and characters and I absolutely love them. So I know that doesn't answer your question, but that's, uh, from fast food that's what i bring back um uh, bro oh, also you know oh. one more thing too is uh one more thing too is uh, i remember taco bell used to have the the chihuahuas and they i had one one year with a christmas hat on it that i got through the drive through and i thought that was really cool too so um yeah i wish they would bring those types of things back uh i'm gonna let you down but i'm not a rugrats fan really god damn yeah man. i mean i loved the, the 90s nicktoons but that was just one of the ones that d- didn't appeal to me, which is hard because, I mean, it was one of the only ones as a kid where, like, being a Jew was showcased, and I could relate to that. But besides that, I was like, <laughs> I'm not feeling it. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, it is, uh, it's Halloween time, and definitely one of the best episodes in, uh, in cartoon history is the... Yeah, so... But Nickelodeon in general, I mean, I, I wasn't into Cartoon Network. I wasn't into the Disney Channel. I was uh, strictly Nickelodeon. Dude, you totally um, cut out when you said what, what the best Halloween episode was. And now I'm just like, I need to know. What, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no problem. Best Halloween episode uh, was the Rugrats um, Halloween episode where they stole the Reptar bars and they ate them and their tongues turned green. Okay. That was, uh, that, um, yeah, that holds a special place in my heart it's yeah like anything nickelodeon in the 90s early 2000s i constantly go back and watch um and i you know i I love all that stuff so all right then then one more until we get the last one but who's your favorite secondary hey arnold character (laughs) secondary wow um Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a really good question. I would, I almost want to say, uh, Grandpa. I don't know if he has a name or not, but uh, 
Phil. Oh, Phil. My bad. His name, Phil. It's been a while. Um, what's his grandma's name? Oh, that one I don't remember. I just know because, because they I... were like, "Fuck." Go ahead. I'm just trying to remember because, but I only really remember that Grandpa's name is Phil from the Chinese Checkers episode and the uh, the Comet episode, <laughs> where Gerald keeps calling him Phil, and then he's like, "Stop calling me Phil." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his uh, his grand parents were like just wild I, I i'd have to say that um that was also a a great show i remember i don't know if i'd say early in the internet but one of the first um computer games i played was like it was the runaway train oh the uh, haunted train nick.com uh yeah and you had to like control the uh control the train <laughs> and then the that episode where i think it's bob with big bob's big Bruce wants to tear down the neighborhood yes Uh, this is baseball gonna... field that he's gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one might sound. They're, they're like... gonna get rid of the baseball field. This is a kind of. This is a stupid just thing that I'm gonna share between you and I. So I'm sorry if you're listening, but growing up in high school, I would write in people's yearbooks, "Never eat raspberries," and that was the only thing I would write. <laughs> and no one got it for any reason. Do you get it? Never eat raspberries? I don't know if I do. Okay, so in one of the, it's one of the first episodes of Hey Arnold. Uh, it's the one where they where they the they learn about the ghost in the building who's missing his glasses. Like they find the glasses, and they hear all these okay, noises right, right. coming from the basement, and that's when they discover it's just Grandpa Phil's hidden bathroom, and he's just down there having like a rough case of mud butt. And the first thing he says when he opens the door is "Never eat raspberries." <laughs> Okay, all right. That, that does ring a bell, and yeah. that's amazing that you used to write that in people's yearbooks. Yeah, that just that just stuck with me. That's all I put. Never eat raspberries, Jake. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And I'm like, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, and the no, last that, that, that's awesome. Nickelodeon is uh, growing up. It was WWF and Nickelodeon, and right now I actually love rewatching um, Are You Afraid of the Dark and. Uh, it's not Nickelodeon, but I do love watching uh, Goosebumps again too during the uh, during the Halloween time. Uh, when my kids are older, I definitely want to show them Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because some of those episodes fucked with me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, Tale of Midnight Madness, where I had like the Nosferatu. Um, they like brought in the the um, film to like bring in the crowd or whatever because the. Uh, the movie theater was going to go under and Nosferatu like came out of the screen. Yes. Like, oh my God. That, that was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> All right, man. And the last one, uh, maybe the most important one, the standard bearer of the show. What's the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? <sighs> creepiest basement. <sighs> wow. That's a, <laughs> I, I understand the question, but <laughs> I get it. Creepiest basement. You know, just one that comes to mind. Um, so my Monday through Friday occupation, I'm in the building materials industry. And I was in a new home recently and, uh, 
I can't remember if there were. Oh, okay. So the, the like the main stairs, the main stairs going down to the basement of the foundation of this home weren't installed yet, but there was like a weird um, crawl space through the garage, and the electricity wasn't hooked up yet. And uh, I just remember being in that basement. It was it was absolutely terrifying. Um, have I been in something more creepy? I probably have, but that's that's the one that that comes to mind. Um, that I that I can think of right now. I'm glad to know there's some new basements that are just as creepy as old basements. Oh, it's terrifying. I mean, the one that, that my my house right now we've got the old wood paneling in the basement, and it can be a little bit creepy down there. Um, but uh, but yeah, this uh, this this new basement that I was in, it was unfinished, and it was you know it, it was almost like you're gonna turn around and see that dude from Blair Witch Project just standing in the corner, just like facing the wall, oh, God. and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was terrifying for sure. <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, again, I appreciate the time. <laughs> Here's where you, uh, you throw out all your, your, your social medias where people can buy merch. Just, this is where you shill. <laughs> it, uh, you, you cut out there. You, you said throw out all what the oh, social media. Yeah. Your socials where people can buy merch, you know, just, just take your time to put yourself over. Oh yeah. So, I mean, we already talked about it, but ultra wave is where you can find my, um, I guess lifestyle clothing, um, and my wrestling apparel as well. I don't have all of my shirts on there. Um, there are some that I haven't uploaded yet, but, uh, but yeah, that's ultra wave USA.shop. Um, I have an Instagram for ultra wave. It's underscore ultra wave. Um, as far as Facebook, I don't use it all that often, but you can find me under Marcus Zeal. I just pretty much repost things that I think are cool in the wrestling world um, when it comes to myself, my matches, or other matches that uh, that are upcoming. And Instagram, I'm most active on. That's uh, that's just at Marcus Zeal, um, and uh, that's what I use most often. So that's probably the spot you want to go to if uh, if you want to get any updates about. Um, me or wrestling in general so just marcus zeal all in word ultra wave underscore ultra wave facebook is marcus zeal and then the ultra wave website is ultra wave usa.shop all right man again thank you for for taking some time uh for chilling me with almost a couple hours and uh, uh i can't wait to next time i see you we can actually now just kind of be cool there's no going to be no awkwardness and uh i will see you in a couple <laughs> weeks and we're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me. It's uh it And uh yeah, I'm sure I'll see you soon and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, you totally cut out and I thought you might be putting me over, so I wanted to hear it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh no. I I appreciate you uh you had me on the show. Um, I've been going back in preparation and just listening to others that have been on the show. And it seems like you're, uh, the, I guess the, uh, it's, it, this podcast is by no means, um, exclusive to the upstate New York or Northeast area. I, I know you just interviewed somebody recently from, I think Georgia, which I thought was really cool. Um, but, uh, but no, I love listening to the podcast. Um, that you put out and uh and i'm i'm really appreciative of you having me on here bro that, that does mean a lot and you know because i always joke that 
Uh, I'm everyone's ninth favorite D-list wrestling podcast, but I was recently <laughs> reaching out to a, a, a deathmatch wrestler who kind of is, you know, blowing up. And I was like, hey, man, this is my podcast. I don't think you've ever heard of it. And he's like, no, I've heard of it. And I'm like, what the fuck? No way. So even if I'm just kind of slightly now creeping in where people know me, but yeah, I would definitely say around the upstate New York area because I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends in this wrestling community. That's probably where I'm best known, but yeah, that when yeah. you'll know the feeling when, yeah. when there's times where you're going to talk to somebody and they're going to be, you know, from like fucking <laughs> ass end of Ohio. And they're like, Oh yeah, I know you. And you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> How the hell do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed the, the podcast with, I, I would assume you're talking about Tyler Graves or, uh, is that his name? Is that what he goes by now? Oh, that was actually a while ago. That one's a long ass time ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, I just went on there. I just picked out a random one uh, a couple days ago. I listened to that. I really enjoyed it, and I mean, it's a platform for me to get introduced to new wrestlers as well. So well, I, I checked out his that, stuff, man. and I, you do. So I appreciate it. Oh man, I, I hope you're a hugger because I am, and I'm, I'm giving you. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. Next right, time I brother. see you. Uh, it, it's going to be soon, brother. All right, man. You take it easy, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you again. Bye. All right. Yep. See ya. All right, everybody. That was Marcus Zeal. And again, uh, kind of explain, because that one, that, I mean, this is a long one. When this gets posted, people might look at the time and just be like, man, why? And again, this is that was the first time we've ever had a conversation together, despite having a lot of mutual friends. And I love this one. And, you know, I, I can just say that from just having it. Uh, Marcus is a great dude. Again, if you are unfamiliar, please look him up. Please just, you know, Google. If you even Google Marcus Zeal Wrestling, and like he said, uh, Flower City Wrestling Academy, they have shows on YouTube that are free. It's on IWTV as well. Uh Immortal Championship Wrestling is the local one he works for, too, uh, for me. And you can find a lot of their stuff. Just even It's not hard to just, you know, Google Marcus Zeal Wrestling. Definitely check him out. He's a special talent, and he's going to do some great stuff in wrestling. And just from talking to him, he's obviously a super just sweet guy, as you heard. And I'm not just saying that because he put me over. But um, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm not going to throw my socials out because you should probably know them by now and it's uh, getting late, but just alone in the basement on Facebook. There, find that one. Uh, I should, in theory, be back tomorrow with another one, which uh, should be insane lane and as long as you know nothing happens r- real life way, his way or mine, then, uh, then that should be the next one. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for making this... Uh, this recent get back into the groove, something that's been really fun and something I'm having a blast with. And I will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Love you guys. Bye.